Tell me your story. Tell me your story. How did it all start? Do you remember? Oh, I know what happened. How did it stop? You're now tuned into the Small Business Origins Podcast. I love an origin story. Each week, we dive into the real stories of entrepreneurs and businesses from across the nation. Who is he and what's his origin story? Who started with just an idea and are now making waves. I told you this was a good idea. This is Small Business Origins. Oh yeah, what's up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Small Business Origins. You're tuned in to our nationwide search. We're looking for entrepreneurs that have a story to tell. And joining us virtually in the studio is an entrepreneur that wants to do just that. From Durham, North Carolina, we have Katie Schwartz with Business Speech Improvement. Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. It is always our pleasure to have another business owner on and talk about what they're doing. But before we hop into everything, we always start out with an icebreaker question. And today's icebreaker question is, how many alarms do you set for yourself in the morning? And how many times do you hit snooze? I set one alarm and I hit snooze once or maybe twice. I was afraid that you were going to say that because it sounds so normal. And then there are psychos like me in the world. I have, oh man, I I don't even know how many alarms, at least seven, eight alarms set. And then I'm hitting snooze constantly. It is hard for me to wake up in the morning. I am not a morning person. I don't like having to be up early and and get around, Um, but I know it's necessary. So I do it. It just takes me a few alarms before I'm ready to actually get up for the day. And I know that probably drives someone like you nuts because, you know, you set one alarm, maybe hit snooze for a a minute or two. That's what my wife does. She likes to, uh, she has one alarm. It's super soft. It doesn't take up you know, a whole bunch of noise or anything like that in the room just wakes her up peacefully. She may hit snooze once, but I doubt it. Normally she's right there wide awake. I wish I could be like that. Wow. (laughs) All right. Well, we are here to talk about you. So what's your origin story? Where'd you come from? You know, how'd you get into entrepreneurship? Well, when I grew up, my father was self-employed as a uh, life insurance agent, independent life insurance agent. And so I learned a lot about being an entrepreneur from him, but I didn't realize I was learning it. I grew up, I became a a speech pathologist and I was um, doing some errands one day in my community and found out, I kept listening to people and noticed a lot of people had what sounded like communication disorders. Mm. There was a woman who was always hoarse, no matter when I talked to her over months of time. There was somebody else who had a lisp and somebody else down the block had a stutter. And I thought they should be getting the help that I can offer, but maybe it's not packaged right so that they are aware of it. So um, I decided I would like to do this. I would like to be the one to introduce them to it. And I've thought, well, I'm qualified, I'm licensed, so I'm going to do it. And I got started and my very first phone call I made after I put my one-year-old to bed at night was to a woman in my woman's network directory. And I never met the woman. She turned out to be a corporate trainer. I didn't know what that was at the time, but I called her and I said, this is what I want to do. And before I could get to my question, which was, how do I go about doing this? How do I get contacts? She immediately hired me. She said she'd been looking all day for somebody like this and she couldn't find somebody. 
And could I please work for her company as a contractor? And that was my start with that company. I worked for them for seven years um, off and on as they had needs. Most of the people I worked with, though, did not have communication disorders. They had strong foreign accents or they needed to be able to give presentations better or had other skills need that they needed and that I could provide. And I loved what I was doing. I was really excited by it. So then I wrote an article for a magazine, a um, national magazine, telling them what I was doing. And then it dawned on me once they accepted it that I wasn't qualified in other states to provide services for people with communication disorders. Being a speech pathologist means you are licensed by each state. Mm. And it's a lot of work to get licensed by a state. So I certainly didn't have 50 states licenses. I had one. So then I thought, well, I'll make a national organization. And that way I, we can refer clients back and forth. And so I wrote to uh, art for an article in my own profession's uh, magazine, the Asher Leader. And I found out to my shock, I didn't know I was supposed to put my contact information in. I had over a thousand people contacting me, wanting more information. And that led to books, my writing books to teach people how to do it, giving seminars all over the country. It was an amazing ride. And eventually I stopped doing that and just concentrated on what I wanted to do most, which was working with clients. And that's how I got started. So what exactly is it that you're doing for your client? I help my clients learn to communicate more effectively and more efficiently. For example, I have people who come to me because they can't stop talking. And they don't know how to say things concisely. Or some people talk, come to me because they don't know how to make small talk. Or they're terrified to give a speech. And that's a requirement of their job. Maybe it's to a small group, maybe it's to a large group, but they're terrified. Other people come because they have a strong foreign or regional accent and they want to speak in a more standard American way uh, so that they can be more easily understood and they can feel more self-confident as well, is what they tell me. So that is what I coach them to do. And I love the variety. I never know what somebody's going to ask me to teach them. Other people want to learn how to be a more effective leader. And so they need to know more about how to run a, a good meeting. Other people say, well, that's great, but what I need is help with listening skills. Uh, how to be a more professional listener because I'm a leader and a lot of my job involves listening. Or how to ask better questions. So all of those are things that I have expanded into. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely skills that you need in a professional environment. 100%, you know, it doesn't matter if your job requires you to make presentations or not, or um, if they require that you be able to speak clearly in English. I mean, these are basic things that everybody who's in an office setting is going to need. And I love the fact that it's, it's, it is such a variety, right? It's everything that you want to improve on your speech, whether it's going to be from natural barriers like being born in a different country and immigrating here, or if it's just something you're not comfortable with. Are these exercises that you're just kind of running people through, or, or how does it look whenever you're actually teaching this information to somebody? Well, everything that I do is customized to an individual's needs. And sometimes I do run small groups as well. If the group comes to me as a whole, 
um, and says we want to work together. So I start off by, depending on the problem, coming up with a solution. My work with them is very practical. For example, if you tell me you have to give a speech, then I say, well, let's work on your speech. Mm-hmm. And we practice your presentation and we do some exercises to help you remember what order your points come in. For example, you're going to talk about this first and that second. We might work on your speech rate. Are you talking too fast to be easily understood? And a variety of other skills, but it's all customized based on what somebody needs. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think most things have to be. So if I'm going to come to you for help, then what's the best way to kind of reach out to you and get across what I'm trying to work on for you? Okay, people can start in one of two ways. Most people will go to my website, which is www.businessspeechimprovement.com, and they will click on the red Schedule Now button, and then they will scroll down and ask for a free 15-minute Get Acquainted session. I also have a way that they can email me. And for those who don't go to the website, it's first it's businessspeechimprovement@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And they can tell me what it is that they are concerned about and they want to work on. Now, depending on what the problem is, because I am state licensed, if I can't work with them directly, then I can refer them to my colleagues in other states. Gotcha. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask about was that referral network. So you're doing most of your work specifically in North Carolina, or does it just depend on exactly what the problem is? Because I'm assuming if I just need some basic coaching on speaking, you know, and it doesn't require that speech pathology license, then you should be good to help me out, even if it is just over like a Zoom call or something like that, right? Well, first of all, all of my work is over Zoom. So it doesn't matter where the people are, but there's 50 states and there's 50 sets of state regulations. So that's my job to know what the state regulations are, whether I can work with somebody to give a, learn how to give a speech. If they're in certain states, I can't. In other states, I can. Wow. Even if they don't have a disorder. It's complicated. It is. You know, and honestly, it's, I don't know. I don't agree with that fully. Like, why can't you just be able to, because, you know, if, if somebody wanted to pay me right now, then it, let's say that they said, you know what, I listen to your podcast and I love what you're doing on there. And the way that you ask questions to these guests is is really good. I'd like for you to kind of instruct me on doing some of that. Would I technically be practicing without a license then if I were to give them any type of help? Or is it only because you specifically went and got the license you have? It's only because I am a certified speech pathologist. Gotcha. And that means that I am limited in what I can do in other states. But if you wanted to teach somebody how to ask good questions, you could do it without a license. And that's part of why I feel this is very unfair regulations. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, you know, this is something I'm not totally familiar with, obviously. I'm, I'm learning all of this from you today, but it, it absolutely seems very unfair. That is crazy to me that no matter what you're doing, depending on the state and, you know, the laws and all that stuff, that it could be considered practicing, you know, in a different state without your license, even though I could do that all day long, no problem. That That's is right. That's why I keep a list of the, li- of the state regulations. Right. 
Yeah, what a, what a thing to have to keep up with too. So once I decide to sign up for this consultation, we, we get acquainted for about 15 minutes or so, you said, and then that just kind of determines where we're going to need to go from there. And on average, what do you see with your clients? Is it something where they're able to sometimes just have that improvement in one visit? Or is it something where they're going to be on a certain plan by you that lasts, let's say, 30 days with certain uh, number of classes within that? How does it kind of work with the scheduling? Well, I have been doing this so long that I can give a good estimate of how many sessions somebody's going to need. They may need two sessions. They need 10 sessions. It depends on the problem. Um, and for some people who need it in a hurry because they have a speech coming up very soon, then we will make the sessions very close together, even uh, consecutive days if needed. Now, for some people that uh, getting the coaching is not an option, and so for them, I have ebooks on a variety of topics. These are ebooks that I have written, and they're jam packed with information on different communication skills. For example, how to make small talk, how to give a speech, how to communicate more effectively if you're in sales or customer service, or also communicating with leaders as a leader, leadership development. All of those have ebooks that are available, they're not customized but they are available for people who want help in a hurry. Yeah. <clears throat> I would imagine that most people, once they realize they need this, it's probably something that they have that they're needing to get prepped for as quickly as possible. But um, I mean, I, I would see this as something that anybody could learn and improve on at any point in time without having to have something special, you know, that you're trying to prep for like a speech. So are you sharing on social media, all of these, you know, tips and tricks out there? Is there something I can follow you for, you know, good nugget of information, something like that? Yes. Uh, people can connect with me on LinkedIn. That's where I share the most. I offer something called talking tidbits and they are very short, uh, easily implemented tips for, um, they usually have very few words, very few sentences. They're what I call quick reads. Now, I also help people find college scholarships and graduate school scholarships. And I incorporated that into the same business because it was just easier that way. And so those are called searching for scholarships, those tips that I put on LinkedIn feed for people who are linked with me. If people want to link with me, they need to go to Katie Schwartz comma CCCSLP. And if they don't, if they just put in Katie Schwartz, I'm told there's a lot of Katie Schwartz's. <laughs> so CCC-SLP is what they need to add. Gotcha. You know, I mean, when you think about my name, John, I would imagine that there are millions of Johns out there because it's one of the most popular names in the world. Uh, so my last name, Kelly, being another extremely popular name, I get it. But Katie Schwartz, it seems like it would be unique enough that, you know, there wouldn't be a whole bunch out there. But I guess you need to put all the stuff at the end of that as well. And as always, we're going to have everything linked in our show notes below. So if you're wanting to get in touch with Katie and, and get any of this information, then you can absolutely head to our show notes and see all of that stuff there. Well, um, how can we support you? You know, if you're obviously buying your ebook and going and, and spending some money with you is good as well. But what works best to just kind of get out there and spread the word about what you're doing? Well, uh, sharing the talking tidbits and the searching for scholarships 
would be very helpful if you can share them among your network. If, for example, you are in college or graduate school, or you know people who are going to college or graduate school, to please share that information so that they can find those scholarships. It's amazing how many there are. And by the way, college scholarships is not something that just high school seniors need to apply for. College scholarships start at age about 10 months. That's the wow. youngest age that I have seen for a college scholarship. And the child does not have to be a genius, doesn't have to know the alphabet even. Um, so the scholarships exist. And a yeah. lot of people in this economy really want one. So sharing the information would be awesome. So what about the, you know, that's the youngest, but what about the other end of the spectrum? How, how do I know if I'm too old to be looking for scholarships? Well, there is some scholarships for women in their 60s. That's the oldest I have seen. However, many states will offer adults, uh, senior adults, a chance to audit a course. You don't get credit for it, but you can audit it for free. And you would check with the admissions department of your state university to find out what the rules are in your state. Gotcha. So what was the uh, website for the scholarship stuff again? It's all the same website. It made it life oh, okay. easier for me. Yeah. It's businessspeechimprovement.com. Got it. And we can just share that with anybody of any age from 10 months to 60 years old. Go on there and check and see if there's something on there for you as far as the scholarship stuff. And then, of course, if you want to get your speech improved uh, for whatever reason, whether it's teaching something, lecturing on something, or you're trying to present something to you know a board or to a potential client, you want to just improve your sales talks, then head over there and check that website out and you can do all that stuff as well. That's right. Thank so you. are we able to talk about what the average cost is involved with taking some courses from you or classes from you? Sure. The average cost for the scholarship, the books, all of my eBooks, Almost all of them are $10, so it's very inexpensive, or $9.98. Uh, the cost for the coaching for scholarship hunting is $150 an hour. Most people only need one hour to understand what types of scholarships would be best for them. There's 19 categories, and so I can tell you quickly which ones would be best for a particular person um, of the categories and how to find the actual scholarships. In terms of the speech coaching, it's also 150 an hour. People will need anywhere from two hours to, um, I've had one person take several months worth of coaching because that's what he needed for the kind of work he was doing. And usually companies will pay for this as part of career development. We want the employees to be effective and efficient communicators. And that's often a career development skill on their performance appraisals. So are you doing anything like how you started out where you go to a certain company and maybe you you teach for a couple of hours to a, a big group of people there at that company specifically? Right now I am not, and I am very much looking for companies that I can do that with. And it doesn't have to be that I go to the company. It can be done online. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what I was just sitting here thinking was it's like, you know, this company has a sales team that they want to improve something on. And it's like, well, we can bring you in as kind of a guest speaker and then mm -hmm. hear what you have to say and learn from you in order to improve the sales team or improve, you know, any part of our team at a, a local company here. 
Absolutely. And I'm especially looking for companies that are international companies and that are based hopefully in North Carolina, but could be in certain other states as well, where I can go back time after time to work with different groups of people. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, it all sounds exciting. I know to some people it may not be, but for me, speech is something that I've been taking part in as a young child when I was in theater all the way up until now where I'm in sales and podcasting and this kind of stuff. So I am definitely going to have to check it out myself, but thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your story with us today. And uh, yeah, just thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Small Business Origins. Please make sure you check out the show notes. That way you can head over to Katie's website and learn something there. Of course, we're always going to have that in the show notes, but you can also head over to www.smallbusinessorigin.com and you can click on this episode and we will have a link to her right there available for you as well with all the social media channels and her website where you can check out everything she has to offer. We thank you for tuning in every single week for a new episode and we will see you on the next week. But as always, stay beefy, my friends. Thanks for listening to another episode of Small Business Origins. I love an origin story. If you like what you just heard, leave us a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. You guys, check this out. They're going to love it. You're going to love it.